Today's episode of Bachelor Party on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. And they're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A. And they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to the World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Lippman. It is reality TV week on The Ringer, and I'm joined by my colleague, Ringer Culture Editor, Andrew Gredadaro. Hi, Andrew. What's up, Juliette? We got this bracket going on for the greatest reality television characters of all time. We're going to start by talking to that, and then we'll get to listen to your heart, which took a real turn this week, which I wasn't really expecting. (laughs) I'm really excited. I love that show. I'm really into it as well. Let's just say I can't wait to discuss Chris... Harrison handing out roses. What a <laughs> twist I didn't see coming. Um, nonetheless, let's begin with what we're doing on the site. So what we are doing is we have a bracket with fan audience voting for the greatest reality TV character of all time. And I want to talk about some of the upsets from round one, which just ended round two begins tomorrow morning, Tuesday. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday. Check it out on the site. Let's talk about some of these ridiculous upsets. First of all, if you're a housewife, you're not doing well in our Ooh, contest. They just did not go well for the housewives. Even <laughs> Nini, even Nini leaks. Like I thought she was going to cruise and it was, it was tough. And so the housewives we ended up with in the bracket were Bethany, who's more on her in a second, Nini. <laughs> and who was our third housewife? Uh, Teresa. Teresa. Right. So those three are like, those are Titans. Those are heavyweights. I, as I've mentioned many times on this pod, I've been rewatching the real house of New York and Bethany has set out to accomplish everything she's ever wanted to. So congrats to her. Right. And also, I mean, Teresa is internationally famous due to her husband being deported to Italy. Yeah. Extremely visible. And Nini is like, honestly, and one of a kind. Like, sh- there's no one else like her in reality TV. And she's had a similar arc to Bethany and sort of like this rise and fall and having to return to her show again. But like, do you remember the time where Nini was going to like be the star of all of Ryan Murphy's television shows going forward? <laughs> no, not until just now. But yes, that's a really good point. She really is a singular personality. She's so, so freaking funny. I know. Just incredible to watch. I can't believe she's out after just one round. I mean, we had on our original list, we had like nine housewives and we paired it back and I'm glad we did because obviously (laughs) slightly skewed. Although I would say this also definitely falls by gender lines. So there's, there's that. You do do sometimes learn in when doing these brackets, you sometimes learn a bit about uh, the voting politics. Yes, (laughs) seriously. So Bethany also out lost to flavor fave. Yeah. Which, you know, I do think Bethany is a tight end, but I'm not that surprised by the flavor flavor upset. 
I think one thing that we often overlook is that VH1 had a real heyday, yeah. like a, a golden age that was sort of like the second wave of reality TV. But right. when when they were doing like Rock of Love and all the Brett Martin stuff, is that his name, <laughs> Brett Martin? For the, <laughs> for the love of Ray J. Yeah, for the love of Ray J. <laughs> yeah, that was the time I loved it. Yeah, and then that became the lyric in um, Make Her Say, the cover <laughs> yeah. of Poker Face. Right. Kid Cudi's like, for the love like Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> like, it had it had a real moment even before all of, like, the Mona Scott shows. Like, it had, did a weird thing with, like, basically taking well-known, no longer performing musical artists and turning them into reality stars, which is a very, turned out to be a really cogent strategy. Yeah, and just, uh, they were basically just trashier bachelors. Like, yeah. they were the same exact format. They didn't, even amongst themselves, they didn't differ from each other. But um, I literally watched all of them. <laughs> I know. Really good. I know. It was fun putting these lists together because it reminded you of how many different eras there were over, over mm-hmm. the last, like, 25 years, basically. Well, the real world started in 1992. But it really, reality TV had sort of, like, became a thing around the year 2000 when Survivor started and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Right. That and was we, like, did, we have kind of, like... It's been a bit of a valley, I'd say. <laughs> like, yeah. Real world, I think, had very like noble aspirations. And I, th- I think you can say that about like The Bachelor too. And then we definitely sort of like dipped into this weird valley thanks to VH1. I know. Um, but now I think we're kind of coming up and like reality TV's really got its legs under it now. Well, Netflix is just doing a lot for for it. So uh, we launched a new podcast called TV Concierge. It's only on Spotify. It's a daily show. It's like 15 minutes a day, uh, or sometimes it'll be more than one episode, about like just a phenomenon in television, essentially. And Amelia Wedemeyer and I talked about Too Hot to Handle, which is like the latest Netflix reality confection. I would say of the three, Love is Blind, The Circle... And too hot to handle, all of which are somehow like related to our quarantine. Moment. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> how how <laughs> did they it's do creepy. it? <laughs> it's too creepy. It's the most ridiculous of the three. It's the least compelling of the three, though. Like I, I think it's mm-hmm. the one that's the least like draws you in. But nonetheless, you'll want to watch it. Basically, the, the premise is there's 12 people on like a beautiful like beachfront in Mexico, and they get more money the less they hook up with each other. But they're all like, really <laughs> hot and really horny, so it's really yeah. hard. And the main character of the show is a um like a, a home assistant that looks like a lava lamp called Lana that they all talk to, and Lana gives them like directions on a day to day basis. So they just treat her like she's a actual person. Yeah, they're like Lana. How'd you know? <laughs> That's my weird British accent. Anyway, all this to say, yes, reality TV is back, I think, in large part because of Netflix, and also check out TV Concierge on uh, Spotify, our new podcast. So more about our bracket. So when we started this, you asked people to submit lists of their favorite reality TV characters of all time. And I basically sent you the most deranged list possible. Yeah, but it, it was also exactly what I was hoping for. How did it compare to other people's lists of The Ringer? Um, I would say it was longer, <laughs> <laughs> maybe certain, I don't know. I guess it was, it was a little bit organized. You can kind of see where your mind's going. <laughs> Thanks. I, start, together. I started with MTV and made my way to yeah. networks then to Bravo then back to MTV basically. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. I want to talk about some of the people that are, that we do not have on in our bracket, but I feel very strongly about. Okay. Number one, let's talk about the real world. My first batch of nominees, 
were Puck from San Francisco, Mike yeah. the Miz from back to New York, and of course the challenge, Anissa from Chicago, and my number one girl of all time from reality TV, Lindsay Bryan from Such Seattle. Such a big Lindsay supporter. Oh my God. Lindsay, I think Seattle, we're going to have more on, on uh, the real world on the ringer later this week. Yeah. Lindsay is probably my favorite real world person ever. She defined what it was to be like a cool girl. She had like amazing <laughs> curly hair. She went to Michigan. She just like seemed hip and cool, but like also did her own thing. Wasn't a mean girl. She just, she seemed amazing. Did she have any impact on you? Uh, no, pretty much less than zero. I was more of a David guy. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Seattle and no spoilers, but I think it's the best season. The thing about Seattle is it had so many good storylines. So like Lindsay had like a a friend of her family, like died in the middle of the season. I remember her being really upset and there was a PSA that ran afterwards, but that was like, that's like not something you remember from the season because obviously there was Nathan and his girlfriend who came to visit a lot. There was David and Kira. This is the realest shit there is. (laughs) And then of course there was Irene and Steven. Yeah. And they worked at the radio station. There was just so much going on, but Lindsay and Janet, Janet was her best friend in the house. She also went to Northwestern where I went. They, they like meant so much to me. So even though they're not on the list, just listeners know Lindsay is always in my heart as were these other people. Okay. Yeah. What, what happened to us with uh, the real world is I feel like we got usurped by the challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got right. CT and Johnny bananas and, and TJ. TJ. <laughs> of course, TJ and both of those guys I would say CT made an impact on his season of the real world. Um, Definitely. He was in, he was in Paris. Was, so yeah. But then they've all just become so entrenched in the challenge that it's, it's hard to think of them as, as hybrids. Right. Yeah. They're way more associated. Like Johnny and CT are way more associated with the backpack moment than anything else. Yes. All right. Moving on on my list. We moved on to, to later franchises. Heidi and Spencer, Lauren Conrad, Mike the Situation Sorrentino, and Snooki. All these people made it on. I will say uh, it speaks to how good Jersey Shore is that on our, on our post about the people who have been snubbed, like every other snub is the other Jersey Shore characters. <laughs> it's like Polly, Wow, Ronnie. <laughs> That's how good that show is, is that everyone wanted every Jersey Shore character to be in this bracket. Shout out to Sally Ann Salzano for creating the, the show. It's probably one of the most impactful television shows ever in the history of the medium. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's really important. It's also, it's lightning in a bottle. Like you can capture other subcultures like Vanderpump Rules and whatnot, but Jersey Shore was new and different and authentic in a way that like none of these shows uh, have been since. I mean, the real world was when it started, but like it caught people that like were just sort of, looking for a good time and like willing to do it on television. And it was amazing. If you go back and you watch season one, the clothes they wear are like, so 2008 and like <laughs> also embarrassing. Like Sammy. Wearing these, like, yeah. And Sammy with her folded over sweatpants. Oh Jesus. Yeah. So funny. So it's funny. Also just good show though. Like I remember the season finale of the first season being like genuinely touching. Yeah, as they're all, absolutely. As they're all leaving, leaving the house. I was like, this is, <laughs> I'm caught in my feelings right now. Every time Andrew Cuomo references his, his family dinner in one of his press conferences, which is frequently, yeah. I think of the Jersey Shore family dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Um, okay, next. On to Survivor. Richard Hatch, Jeff Probst, yeah. Boston Rob, and Sandra Diaz-Twine. 
I'll go without, you know, explanation. And if you need more on Survivor, we got a podcast for that. It's on Ringer Dish. It's on Thursdays. The pod has spoken. Next. Here's an important one. Kelly Clarkson from American Idol. Yeah. So Kelly Clarkson is like majorly famous, like really, really, really successful. Yes. I mean, she's now, she's now a talk show host. Yeah, she's a talk show host. Great job at it. I think it got renewed for a second season and it's like, there's even an appetite enough for her that they do it while they're in quarantine. Like she's still yeah. going. It's she's the next she, Ellen. It's sort of like funny to think about though, because I just think of her as like a pop star. I often forget that she came from American Idol and you know, she like, I remember the summer that American Idol started, which I believe was the summer of one, her single, like just was the only song played on pop radio for like a solid, like yeah, three months. It's true. She was everywhere. A moment like this. Do you, do you think, Obviously, American Idol became a gigantic thing. Do you think it is less of a thing if uh, Justin Guarini wins mm. that first season? Definitely. I think, right? I think from, yes, definitely. From Justin to Kelly showed us that it's not about both of them. <laughs> yeah. It's about her. She, really she has is. the quan. There's something about stars who come through on reality TV where like they just have it or they don't and you can't mm-hmm. manufacture it. And so many of the people we just mentioned, it's true. I mean, they just have something about their personalities that is like so magnetic. Plus they're interested in exploiting that magnetism. Like it's not something they yes. just like want to trade on. They like exactly. want to exploit it for greater gain. Yeah. Which magnetism is the word. It's, it's yeah. like really hard to not uh, beat that into the ground, but that's what they all are. They, you just can't look away. Yeah. Which leads us to our next person that I mentioned. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I mean, Kim Kardashian also is like similar to Kelly Clarkson, completely a household name who started out as an assistant to Paris Hilton. And then, you know, I, I hate having to give this credit, but Chris Jenner saw a lane for them and created this mm-hmm. incredible family dynasty. And now Kim Kardashian's like top 10 famous person in the world. It's crazy. I mean, we've been living with the Kardashians for like almost 15 years now. I know that there were points like there was the the Vogue cover that Kim was finally on and yes. stuff like that. Big it, was like, it was like she's now just crossing over into regular fame, but it still feels like it just sort of happened. You know? I know. I totally agree with that. And it it also has been like since 2007, I think, or something like that, yeah. or yeah. or 2009. Sorry, 2009. Because remember they did 10 years of of the Kardashians last year. And Kim was always like 13 seasons, but 10 years. And mm-hmm. we've literally watched Kylie and, and Kendall grow up and it's, you know, Kim is also interested in, in like this level of fame. She's also like so beautiful, which I think is true for a lot of these people. That's, that's also true. Mostly on the outside. So perhaps on the outside <laughs> as well. <laughs> Next, we got a little more challenge. Johnny Bananas, Mashley, who is somehow a two-time champion. I always forget. <laughs> Amarosa. I don't really want to discuss her, but, you know, obviously yeah. I had to include someone from The Apprentice. Next, similar to Kelly Clarkson, Adam Levine from Maroon 5, but not from being from Maroon 5, but being from a voice judge. <laughs> I like this pick. Thank you. Adam Levine's persona revival and just like career makeover that has happened because of the voice is nothing short of miraculous. I I think that it's kind of overlooked what a great, great, great career move that is. Like, are we singing memories if he wasn't on the voice? I I don't know. No. Is is Maroon 5 doing the Super Bowl halftime show without the voice? Definitely. No. 
I mean, his like his like bromance with Blake Shelton brought him back into like into focus and people cared about Adam Levine for the first time in a while. Basically, since songs about Jane and Mm -hmm. it has sustained him for again, like the last 10 years. Yeah, it's really true. I guess it almost like you got nothing to lose career move, but it definitely paid off. And that song moves like Jagger was launched on the voice and right. Christina Aguilera was on it. I think that was 2011. I think that's one of Maroon 5's biggest hits of all time. Yeah, you're right. So Adam Levine, the voice judge is basically more successful than Maroon 5. Is I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, definitely. I think the people in Maroon 5 would agree with you. <laughs> and they're probably like, cool, we don't have to do anything and we benefit yeah, off of this. Exactly. We're still touring. We played the Super Bowl. It's all, it's all good. Right. Also, he's... He's parlayed it into being one of the most famous Laker fans. <laughs> it's a good place What's to be. Is he top five now? Well, obviously Jack Nicholson remains number yeah. one. There was that great shot on the last dance on Sunday uh, night. I loved of, it. Yeah. Of him congratulating Phil Jackson after the, after the Bulls beat the Lakers. And I was like, that is He's great. The first one to get to Phil. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack Nicholson and then, I don't know. This is this is really a Bill Simmons conversation. I don't even want to wade my, my toads into it. But like Leo, obviously, he's really high. The fact high that on he's list. in the conversation, it's yeah. saying a lot for Adam. Congrats to Adam. Next, on to Bravo. Marcel from Top Chef season two. Christian mm-hmm. Siriano, who's now a very famous fashion designer from Project Runway. Santino, who was kind of like one of the first villains of Project Runway. Captain Lee from Below Deck, Chief Stu Hanna from Below Deck Med, as we mentioned, Nini, Kelly Ben Simone, Real Housewives of New York, Ramona Singer, Real Housewives of New York, Lisa Vanderpump, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Vicki Gumbelson, Real Housewives of Orange County, Jax and Stassi from Vanderpump, and Caroline Fleming of Ladies of London. And I want to pause right there. First of all, RIP Lisa Vanderpump in our bracket. I can't believe she lost, slash, I can. Johnny Bananas. I know we got more challenge viewers than, uh, than Vanderpump fans, I guess. Although Stassi's advanced on to number to round two. Um, let's talk about ladies of London. If you haven't watched it, I think it's available like to binge on all the Bravo, uh, streaming services and whatnot. So check that out. And I think it is the greatest housewives. It, It combines the like British nobility with the housewife sensibility and women who just really want attention. And I, I just went and check it out. Plus, Caroline Fleming was married to a soccer player. So she's like really English. Plus, on top of that, she's actually not English. She's Danish and she's a Danish uh, princess. Like they go to her house, essentially. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, check the show out. Got to check it out. Let's keep on moving. Spencer Matthews, he's from Made in Chelsea, and his brother is now married to Pippa Middleton. He was also The Bachelor in the UK, and it's just sort of like the equivalent of like English Brody Jenner. Made in Chelsea, mm-hmm. great show. I believe it's on Hulu. Jake Pavelka, the craziest bachelor, in my opinion. Check out yeah. my countdown from December. <laughs> Jessica Simpson from The Newlyweds. She is also on the bracket. I'm very glad. My favorite Jessica Simpson is Jessica Simpson Lachey. I loved that era of Jessica Simpson. It was really good. They also, I think, I think sort of like took reality TV to uh, a more mainstream place. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They kind of, her chicken of the sea comment brought MTV yeah. reality into like the forefront of pop culture and was a big deal. I mean, Ashley Simpson and Joe Simpson both got famous because of the show. Right. And now and, Ashley Simpson is part of Diana Ross's family. Yeah. And that show is very much like laying the groundwork for Kardashian-esque shows where it's just like people living. It's just like they're in their house and then they have a conversation. 
You know, what's a funny thing to think about is how their house was like a very kind of like McMansion before we had seen yeah. a lot of them on TV. And so it, it really looked is. like really big and spacious. But I think if you went back and looked at it now, it would look so familiar to other like rich people houses that you'd Definitely. be like, eh, who cares? Yeah. It really seemed like a model home. Yeah. I was shout out to the OC. I was sad when they, when they got divorced though. Although he seems very happy and he's had a very long career as like a host, essentially. Technically all of his blind host. Let's just talk about that for one second. <laughs> How do you think Nick Lachey and Vanessa Manillo Lachey ended up on Love is Blind? I don't, I think it's someone, I think it's more through Vanessa than it is through Nick. I think that's probably right. I, I just feel like with I all these, know, though. I think with all these Netflix reality shows, the pitch to get people to do them is like very different than what it ends up being. And that's one of the reasons why they have right. Nicole Byers do the um, narration. <laughs> yeah. It's because they need like a cohesive narrative essentially yeah it's it, i mean it does sort of seem like they halfway through making the show were like hey i guess we don't need hosts but we have them yeah i know like there was no point to nick and nick and vanessa but whatever happy to see them glad still employed yeah, yeah get that check <laughs> next tyler cameron duh jordan wisely yeah. our greatest athlete currently living perhaps <laughs> nick vial who is just being who just got demolished in round Crushed. one so crushed. Cara Maria from the challenge who I don't miss this season at all. No, I don't miss her at all. Tyler Baltiera and Caitlin Lowell from teen mom. I think that the greatest contribution of teen mom was this couple. <laughs> Do you recall in like 2009 when Jezebel ran a fundraiser for Tyler to buy the books <laughs> he needed for college? No. Well, so I donated. Good. Good for <laughs> you. Thank you. Love these two. <laughs> They're still together. It's beautiful. That is nice. That is nice. Have you watched much Teen Mom? No, not a ton. Um, Depressing show. Don't watch it. Yeah, mostly just because, follow, follow those names through uh, tabloids. Uh, it's yeah. also bad. I just want to clarify, nothing wrong with being a Teen Mom. I just think that the lives they capture are ones that are less than optimal. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of sadness. It's very, very sad show. Yeah. Next. Kleinfelds from Say Yes to the Dress. I just <laughs> chose the whole store of Kleinfelds. We have Randy on the bracket. Yeah. I'm really glad to say yes to the dress made it on. I feel strong. I love, I, I love the, I love your pick of Kleinfelds. That's it's a genius. <laughs> and I also just love Randy Finoli. He had a real moment. There was conventions where people were like coming out to see Randy. What a charming little guy. I really, I love know him. he really is. And lastly, the end of my list, John and Kate from John and Kate plus eight, the property brothers, Danielle yeah. Muhammad, the most depressing couple from 90 Day Fiance. I don't want to discuss them. And of course, our greatest bachelorette, Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin had a Caitlin had a rough go in, in the first round. Yeah. No, not kind. Caitlin and Hannah, two best seasons. I I'm I'm now firmly team Caitlin, but yeah. I mean I, I like both of them, obviously, but I just think I think Caitlin will still go down as the greatest bachelorette in our collective memory. I agree. I think she's very important to the story. And on that note, let's talk about Listen to Your Heart. The Bachelor Presents. <laughs> What's your grade of the show through three episodes, Andrew? Uh, I, I think I'm at like a B plus. Wow, B plus. That's what oh, I gave it last week. I, I, uh, I agree. The second episode, I was like, oh, you know, it was, it was entertaining, but so-so. This episode was incredible. It was so good. The sudden switch to all of a sudden being the voice was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So 
the beginning of this episode, Chris Harrison comes in and he's like, next time I see you, I only want to see couples. So everyone's forced to couple <laughs> up. Otherwise, they have to self-exit. I think the only person who really self-exited and therefore like had a domino effect was um, Gabe, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah, and then he as played it weird. Super weird. He only wanted to be with Savannah. Uh, and then as a result, um, the woman with the, red, with the purple hair also had to go. Mm-hmm. I believe her name was Ruby. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then we're left with this weird, like, love square between <laughs> Brandon and Savannah and Julia and Sheridan. And mm-hmm. it just gets super weird. And the main thing we learned this week is that Julia has got some problems. Oh, man. Julia's got a lot of chaotic energy. <laughs> Oh my God. Julia said to at least two occasions that were on camera. So probably more. The PDA went from zero to a hundred really quick for about, <laughs> about uh, Brandon and Savannah because she wanted to be with Brandon. And I would just say Julia didn't handle herself well this week. No, it was a bad look for her. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, wasn't making a ton of sense in her arguments. No, she, uh, what, what specifically was her argument? And so just in case you, you missed it, basically Julia and Sheridan were a couple. And then she realized that she liked Brandon and Brandon didn't give her a rose because he knew that Sheridan would, and therefore he would get to have both Savannah and Julia still around to see who he liked more. And right. ultimately when then Chris Harrison was like, okay, time to couple up. He ends up going with Savannah, even though Julia tries to ruin Savannah and Brandon by telling Savannah that Brandon is playing both of them didn't work. And just Julia ends up being the biggest loser. And then she had to yeah. sit down with Savannah and things get really very hard to follow. <laughs> I think like she just kept, well, so Brandon was definitely pulling off some shady tactics, definitely trying to have his cake and eat it too. But then when he got caught, he was like, okay, I'm sorry. I choose you 100%. And right. then instead of Julia being like, okay, fair. She was like, oh, well, he's clearly just lying about that. Yeah. <laughs> just faking it. She basically couldn't accept that she had lost the chance to be with Brandon. Right. right. <laughs> and like, she was just cloaking it in like a, you guys are being fake thing, <laughs> which was yeah. really tough. It's tough to and watch. She- and then, and then started rooting against them really hardcore. And so yes. and the, the way that manifested was this show became the voice, as you said, and every couple had to perform different songs. So we had Matt and Rudy doing Sean Mendez fallen into you, which is unfair <laughs> competitive advantage. Um, we also had just a Backstreet Boys song. We had the Lumineers, I believe. And then we Rihanna. had, we had Rihanna, which was an incredible moment where um, Natasha and <laughs> Ryan, aka American Psycho John Mayer, as, as Bill says, um, sang Rihanna's Stay. And Jason Mraz absolutely loved it. Jason Mraz was a, was a judge, in case you missed that. And he basically <laughs> warned Ryan that Natasha was so much better than him at singing that her career was going to take off and she, would be, she was going to leave him. <laughs> I can't explain how loud I laughed when he said this to his face. He said, he said, I just want you to be, be aware of how good she is and how much better she is than you. And then he said, you understand what I'm saying to you, right? She's gonna, and he's like, he said, she's gonna leave you. Yes. 
<laughs> Jason Mraz. So crazy. Let's get Jason Mraz a bachelor a bachelor podcast or something, or just get him on reality TV. What a we need by Jason Mraz came out of left field. Completely upstaged Kesha, who was also on this episode. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing with this episode. Like, there was a lot of star power. There was Jason Mraz, who, like, maybe you don't call it, consider him a star, <laughs> but he's, like, legitimately famous. There's Kesha. And then the last judge was the duo of Jordan and JoJo. Right. They, and were, they were judging, like, chemistry. emotional connections. But they had, like, as much of a say, it seems, in this as, as everyone else. It's, it seemed their, like, judgment seemed to boil down to, like, how much eye contact was being made between each couple. Yes. Like the second yes. anyone looked out into the crowd, it was over. Yeah. They were like, oh, you care more about performing. Well, they called Brie out at one point. I think right. it was Brie. They weren't sure if she was more into Chris, who she's still with, or if she was into the audience. They're like, who are you trying to win over? Who do you love? Right. <laughs> so I was like, it's like really funny, but it's hard to imagine how they do a second season of the show where they clearly didn't have any right. idea what they were doing and just made up rules as they go along the way because it ended with Chris Harrison giving out roses. Yeah. Kind of a clunky situation. Basically, Chris Harrison tells them who who has won the musical challenge, like who gets to move on. Mm. Um, and then he gives them both roses and then they still have to give it to each other. It's sort of like vows at a, a wedding. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it just, it didn't make any sense. So what rules would make more sense for this? And like, how should it actually go? Well, I mean, I, th- I think like, first of all, we, do we need rose ceremonies? And no. I know that it's the bachelor. So like maybe the answer is yes, but I feel like, no, I feel like we could just like rank everyone and like reveal it in some way. Yeah, like there should be more of like a reveal that where you have to like earn points for like more like bachelor pad style, where like you earn points for right. making out while singing or something. Like there's just more ways to accrue accrue wins. It's almost like the good place where like you get every action yeah. has an ass- assigned value. Yeah, there's current yeah, there's currently not enough uh not enough information on what metrics the show is using to judge these people. Yeah, because Becca and what was his name? I was like, what Charlie? Danny? I think for, Danny. You're right, Becca and Danny. When they came on screen, I was like, who are these people? I never even <laughs> Becca. I was waiting for because she's a theater person. And I was like, oh, give me more of the musical theater girl. She'll be really good mm. for TV. I was I was expecting from her what we've been getting from Jamie, but they, they were absolute duds. So presumably they just got sent home because they were boring, and also they were yeah. told they they seemed like they were in the friend zone with each other. Yeah. And I mean, it does essentially, the episode did feel very much like instead of Jason Mraz and Kesha being like, these are the people who should stay. It was kind of just like, listen to your heart. Producers were like, these are clearly the ones who we want to stay, (laughs) which I guess is a really nice trick by them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. It's just, there's nothing but producer intervention happening in the show right right now, which is totally fine. Because produce as much as you want. I'm loving it. I know it kind of makes you think they should do it more in their other shows, right? Yeah. I actually also really like, I thought the rose ceremony situation was weird, but I do like how people go into another room after they've gotten their rose and then yeah, they wait but, to see who comes. Yes. I would like to see that worked into The Bachelor. That's a good point. So instead of all of the women basically, st- or men standing on like the risers yeah. in the same room, they have to like leave, walk you go off. And wait. Yeah. And then they and all talk about who they think is going to come out. Love it's that. true. Cause you get to see more of the different 
people's personalities based on like what they're like when they're gossiping. Because yeah. ultimately, that's what you want. Friends with. Yeah. yeah. And it brings out their competitive edge in all of them, essentially. Right. There's always <laughs> Julia like being so upset when Brandon stays. I there's just was a lot of things I, I didn't understand about Julia's rationale and also what she was wearing. What one of my questions was, is this the show where they actually give them for their performances, they get wardrobes, but then they have to bring everything else? Because there's a big discrepancy between what they're wearing for performing and like in the house. She was wearing like a like, small sweater basically the entire episode. She was wearing a small sweater and then for performance, she was wearing like fancy track pants. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, glittery track pants. <laughs> and around the and around the house, she was wearing like pretty basic leggings. And I was just like, does she have any other pants in between? Like, what about some jeans? <laughs> well, I don't know if we've seen her in any of those. It's as we talk about it, it's really unlikely they provide them with wardrobes. So they probably just went really yeah. hard in one of two directions. Like, gotta go super glam and glitzy for the singing portions and super like casual for around the house. Although, yeah. What these people thought they were signing up for, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't either. It's still hard to explain. <laughs> and yeah, they still managed to cram in some dates. So before they got sent home, Becca and Danny had a date with like a stylist named Rebecca Mink. And I had to keep rewinding to see if it was Rebecca Mink Goff. And I was like, wait, what? I wondered if Becca got excited thinking that it was Rebecca Mink Goff. <laughs> She's like, am I going to get a fancy handbag? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping that for her. And then I don't really know what they did on that date except try on clothes. Like they're so boring. Couldn't really tell. They were, they were real duds. They almost broke the show by being so boring. There was literally nothing to show. Yeah, it was tough. But the best date, obviously Ryan and Natasha going to a Chris Lane concert where they got to also see Lauren who won Ben season. Then they broke up. Lauren didn't speak on the show. No, no, just waved a couple times. Just waved. No, no words from Lauren. Extremely weird. Yeah, that was odd. Like she's got to be pissed. Into a confessional, like what? She didn't even like offer words into like. Does she see something happening between these two? Just nothing from Lauren. You think she would say like, "Oh, here's what it's like to find love with a musician." How is she not like furious and like asking for some kind of compensation? I show up and I don't even get to talk. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Double burn. I like that Ryan got called out uh, for looking like Sean Mendez for like the I, fifth time. <laughs> he looks like Sean Mendez with a little bit of John Mayer. He's super weird, right? He just seems like really chilled out though. Like at first he seemed yeah. um, really intense when he was going after Jamie, but now he just seems like really chill and he'll like do whatever to stay on the show. He seems all right. Um, can't dance. I would wish I would like for him to stop trying to dance. Um, really rough. But otherwise, he's okay. He's he, yeah. he's not nearly as talented as Natasha, though. No, I hope, she I hope will he leave you. That. <laughs> She's gonna leave him. I also noticed that he definitely did not know the words to the Chris Lane song. Like they tried to show him singing oh, along, yeah. but he didn't know any of the words. It was similar <laughs> to Peter with all of the country music in his season, where he just like was on stage supposed to be. Right supposed to be singing along and didn't know any of it yeah <laughs> so andrew now that now that we have insight into how this show works just like quasi the voice with chris harrison hang, handing out the roses how do you think it ends like what's the ultimate win look like so is it just gonna be like whoever is willing to propose at the end gets the win I, again it's unclear like how much uh, singing quality <laughs> is coming into the rule in terms of uh, 
on top of romantic uh, quality. Right. Because, I mean, I think it's going to end with Chris and Brie winning because they are somewhat talented and they do seem to actually like each other. I thought um, it was kind but, of racist that they had to sing Leon Bridges' song. I, was that the second time he's been given a Leon Bridges song? I think so. And I just yeah. think that's a kind it's just because like he's like the black guy, he has to sing Leon Bridges. Like that's kind of yeah, fucked up. Absolutely. Yep. As, definitely. I like that. They sang Beyond, which is like that song was ruined for me by um remember that crazy engagement treasure hunt that happened last year with that woman named Marissa? She Oh she, yeah. She, Marissa Casey, I think was her name. She was an Instagram influencer who went on this like, ridiculous staged and like completely out of control treasure hunt to like get engaged. And the song that her boyfriend or now fiance slash husband mm-hmm. kept playing and like all these, all the videos was beyond by Leon Bridges. So it's been ruined. Yeah. For me. It's a popular wedding song pick. Um, but really popular. Over. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now it's really over as a result of listen to yeah. your heart. Gun beat into the ground. <laughs> but I, I was just like, why does he have to sing it? And this show, you know, that last week, basically, except for Chris and Gabe, like three people of color got voted out, essentially, or sent home. Mm-hmm. It's not even a voting situation. And just like time and time again, they just make these like weird racial choices. Like, why do you have to do that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It, just, it doesn't seem like something they're really thinking about. Um, no, certainly not. But yeah, so I do think everyone keeps getting winnowed down until maybe there's like a final four. And then like, cause they're going to go on tour. Chris Harrison said. Yeah. So, so I just, I just don't know which thing rules over the other thing. Like, are we picking the best singers or are we picking the per- people who are actually in a relationship? So we're down to eight, right? So, uh, yeah. So I think, so we, we've got Bree and Chris We've got Rudy and Matt. We've got Brandon and Savannah for now and Julia and Sheridan. It's, it's, it's a great top eight. So, you know, Oh, sorry. Not maybe five. We also have Jamie and Trevor. And I think that winning is probably like some kind of vote from a panel of supposed experts. So it should be real time voting, obviously like let's, let's figure that out for season two. Um, where they probably it's like, could you fake enough on stage that you were in love to make your love song sound appealing? That's my guess. I think someone's getting engaged at the end of this though. I hope so. If not, it wouldn't be a bachelor <laughs> program. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> what would we be doing without it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real credit to Julia that I basically forgot about Jamie and Trevor. Cause Jamie is also totally nuts. Jamie wants to be a singer but is deathly afraid of singing in front of people. Deathly. She ran away. It was very, that it was seems, very weird. Seems like a requirement to being a professional singer is being okay with that. And when they were practicing their song, they had a Marin Morris song. She was like just sitting on the couch and just like they were sitting on some <laughs> outdoor patio furniture, just singing along. And I was just like, is this how you prepare if you're a professional singer? Just like a backyard sing along? I don't know. I, I, I wasn't, wasn't buying it. I question their, their dedication to actually singing. I do think Jamie should probably have just been on the bachelor. She would have been great. Probably a little too young, but she, she would have been great on Peter season. I could have seen him being into her too. Yeah. She would have been really good. Basically Southern. So why not? Right. She doesn't have the accent, but that's okay. I hope we see her in paradise one day in the future. That's I'm looking forward to that too. I'm looking forward to those worlds. Makes sense. Probably won't be until 2021, but that's okay. Yeah. 
you know, Mexico will still be there. I presume. Um, Before we wrap it up, I just want to note Claire Crawley. She made some news this weekend. Did you catch this? This was in relation to Matt James. Well, this is what happened. She posted on Twitter (laughs) that if you're already like doing cameos and talking to the press, you're not going on her season for the right reasons, which fair. Good point. Yeah. And so then everyone assumed this was about Matt James, obviously Tyler's friend, Matt James, 919. And then she refuted that it was about Matt. It was about other guys. And it turned out there are a couple oh. other guys who are already doing cameos on Cameo. But like, who would buy a cameo from a guy whose picture you've seen on <laughs> ABC.com and hasn't been on The Bachelorette? Yeah. How much are they, are they charging? Like $2 for a cameo? <laughs> Very low. But like, it's super weird. So she says it wasn't about Matt, which I kind of believe. I mean, I'm just a, a Tyler and Matt apologist. But like, what's Matt supposed to do? He's best friend of Tyler. And they yeah. started doing content from Tyler's house. Yeah, I think his uh, cameo situation, if he has one, is more justifiable. Um, totally. Which was honestly my reaction when I initially saw that tweet. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that it was about these other guys just really shooting their shots. I'm really curious what they're going to do about this Bachelor Bachelorette situation because here we are in May. Usually the Bachelorette would start airing the end of, middle or the end of the month. Obviously, they haven't, they haven't done any production I guess they can hope to get back into production in like July, which means it could air in October. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're going to get to a point where it makes more sense to just punt into 2021. Yeah. Which is a sad thought. Like, <laughs> I I think we might just be going straight to The Bachelor, if that. Who who knows? Right. I'll try to find out. Yeah, please do. I need I need to know. In the meantime, we're doing this pod every day this week. Tomorrow, going to be talking real world and the challenge. The guest who shall not be named. You'll have to listen to find out. On Wednesday, we got Vanderpump and the challenge as per usual. Thursday, got another special surprise. And Friday, we will be here, me and Andrew, to talk about the results of our bracket. So, guys, vote wisely. We are watching yeah, what you do. do this the right way. <laughs> Don't let TJ down, you know? He has respect for the game, and so do we. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. 